0: Hello everybody and welcome to football in a nutshell. This is the all new footballing podcast uh, which attempts to give you the load on all the latest world football news. Today's topic is all about the transfer window. In the Premier League there's only around two weeks left to for sides to get their deals done before the start of the new campaign. So uh, no better time to have a look back at the transfer window as a whole. Uh, admittedly the um, rest of Europe doesn't have their transfer window finishing till around the September but at the same time, I think this is a good time to look at it, as uh, a lot of deals stop once the Premier League is, um, uh, their transfer window shuts, because uh, they Premier League clubs don't want to sell and they can't buy, and that uh, creates, a, creates a lot of problems for other European sides. So without further ado, I think going to get into it, the top five best and top five worst transfers of the summer. I'm going to start with the best, and first and foremost, I'm going with Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Now, he has joined Manchester United for around forty-five million from Crystal Palace, uh, which could potentially rise to fifty million. Uh, so, a very big investment, uh, considering he has only had really one full season in the first team for Crystal Palace. But in my opinion, in his debut campaign, he was the best right back in the li- in the league. Um uh, Crystal Palace, a huge defensive contribution. For their side, as well as decent attacking contribution, I, I thought it was exceptional down that right flank for them. And I think 45 million in this market, in this post Neymar uh, market, I think is a very reasonable sum for a right back of his quality. Um, so first and foremost, I think it's uh, important to know where will he fit into this Man United side. And uh, the likelihood is that uh, with Harry Maguire's uh, deal seeming inevitable, him and Lindelof will, will form the centre back partnership. Man United's Player of the Year last year, Luke Shaw, will take the left flank, and he'll be on the right-hand side. So for me, from last year, this is a very solid part. Uh, this is a very solid backline compared to like Smalling and Ashley Young being in the side. I think I- for rel- well, c- quite a heavy summit has to be said for Manchester United. But I think their entire the entirety of their um, uh, defenses got a lot better. And it's important to note also that last year, no side in Europe's top five leagues created less chances down the right-hand side than um, Manchester United. So it's important they got in reinforcements on that side, and Aaron wan as well as Daniel James. And potentially now we're hearing uh, rumors of Paulo Dybala coming in, in a swap deal for Lukaku. Which, if the Ed Woodward manages to pull that one off, it will be somewhat of a minor miracle for me. But yeah, I think he, solid reinforcements there, solid defensive contribution, just a well-rounded player. Now, obviously, he'll need to make a step up for the, well, I suppose United aren't in the Champions League, but the Europa League, and also, uh, it's a little tougher for, tougher at the top of the league, but uh, in my opinion, he's well able to uh, make that step up. Uh, Last year was exceptional. Uh, still very young, so uh, he has time on his side, and all the tools are available f- to him, bar may maybe an exceptional manager for him to become one of the best right backs in the world over the next few years. So all in all, I think this is an exceptional transfer for from Manchester United. Uh, the kind of signings they should be making instead of these commercial deals to get in young, solid players who can help their team in the future instead of selling shirts so for me very p- positive move now the question comes about crystal palace and i think they will there is a this will take its toll on uh, their squad last year in the league they finished 11th i believe um and now wan wamasak has gone probably their best player from last year and uh while wilfred zaham moved to uh arsenal doesn't seem likely now that nicolas pepe the 72 million pound fee has been agreed I think his, if he is going to sulk, like we've seen Hazard and stuff do in the past, I think his contribution will go down, therefore Milohoevich is going to go down, because he won six penalties last year, all of which Milojevic converted, so Crystal Palace, I think this will take their toll, it'll take their toll on squad, and I can definitely see them being pegged down a bit from 11th. So. Yeah, all in all, for Manchester United, an exceptional transfer. Crystal Palace will suffer, but that's inevitable when you leave when you lose a per- person of uh, uh Aaron Wamba'sak's quality. And also the fee, I don't mind too much if I'm a United fan. 45 potentially rising to 50 million, well worth the money in my opinion. So now moving on to the number four, and I'm going to go with Ndumbelit. Now, for me, and honest, I debated between putting him and uh, Rodri at Manchester City in for a long time but uh, I've gone with him Dumbbelly, and the main reason for this is I look at the two midfields uh, before and after their signings and in uh, in my honest opinion the one that has increased its level more because of its signings is Dumbbelly in my opinion he'll be Spurs' most important player in last next year. They managed to reach a Champions League final with a partnership of Musa Sissoko and Harry Winks which I think it just it's just credit to Mauricio Pochino works minor miracles at that club I always think I think most of the time. But uh and Dombele obviously brought in from French side Leon who do look like they're going to be in uh for a massive decline, losing him, Fekir and uh potentially Musa Dembele, the former Celtic and Fulham striker. I've been hearing uh reports about that. So um yeah, it is it's no it's always going to be a struggle for Leon, but that's for another day. So um, firstly, Spurs, what does this mean for their midfield? And I think it gives them a lot more variety because he can play holding box to box. He's very versatile in that manner. I reckon it'll probably be Harry Winks who Pochettino decides to put him next to instead of Moussa Sissoko. As I think Moussa Sissoko, in all honesty, is a poor man in so um, you know, Last year, I believe, was seven or eight assists, so kind of... Good enough creative, only one goal, so not really a goal-scoring threat. Very good tackle and interception numbers. His passing is and dribbling is some of the stuff I like. Um, People always question uh, players to come out of the French League, but uh, to be honest, I have full confidence in, in Tanguy undumbele and I think he will become a great player. It will be interesting to see who Poch- how Pochettino plays now that he uh, got this signing in, and... Uh, because he cou- he has the option to play in him holding and bring back Delhi Ali to more box-to-box role after last year. He didn't have an exceptional uh, goal-scoring season. It'll be interesting to see where his future lies and what options that brings in. So, yeah, for me, I'm uh, very impressed by this move. Uh, all in all, great transfer for Spurs. Uh, Leon suffer again, but uh, I think Spurs, this gives them... more of a chance of competing on multiple fronts. While they've reached the Champions League final last year in the league, I thought they were quite disappointing, around 13 losses. Well, I think it was 13 losses last year, very few draws, and uh, losing to a poor Chelsea side, finishing fourth overall. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's all I really have to say about this transfer. All in all, a big hit for 62 million. Uh, But it's important to note that, like Juan Basaka That could rise in the future based on different scenarios, such as uh, minutes played, I imagine. I'm not exactly sure what they are. But anyways, moving on to the third spot on this list, and this is going to be Luka Jovic. Now, Real Madrid obviously have been the most active side in this uh, year's transfer window in terms of money spent. Eden Hazard for around, well, what looks to be rising to around $130 Kubo, the uh, young Japanese player, Mendy from uh, Leon as well as Tanga and Nobele, another player they've lost. Uh, as well as this, you have Rodrigo coming in from Brazil, um, Militao from Porto. But for me, Luki Jovic is the best of the month. The Serbian last year in the Bundesliga was exceptional with an Eintracht Frankfurt, especially in the Europa League. I believe he was second to Giroud in terms of most goals and uh, are getting over getting double figures anyways and around 20 goals in the uh, Bundesliga very uh, young 20s as well. And for me he is everything that was missing about that uh, with missing with that Real Madrid side last year that consistent goal scorer post Ronaldo Karim Benzema is the kind of player that ben- that increases other people's productivity. But a club like Real Madrid you need a consistent goal scorer and I think this is that uh, sorry, that uh, Lukić is that consistent goal scorer. You could argue that he's since uh, he has never, I suppose he's never been the, the he hasn't been the main man at a club like Real Madrid before. Obviously loaned out from Benfica, so it is quite a rapid rise. But I have full confidence in him. Deci- he's like he just seems like a well-rounded striker to me, and. Uh, when I look at that Real Madrid team, and I think next year, their attack, him at up front, Hazard on the left, and then you have probably, I- you have Isco, Vinícius Jr., Brahim Diaz, Asensio, Isco, it's just so much options. And I think, uh, yeah, for me, he is uh, an exceptional striker, 55 million euros as well. I was very surprised with uh, that transfer fee because, Earlier on in the year, I'd heard stuff closer to like 80 and 90, when Chelsea and Barcelona were interested. So I think they've got them at a good price, a very good player, and what they n- and they've stranded in, in the area they needed most, uh, Real Madrid. So all in all, that makes it a very good transfer. Uh, as for Eintracht Frankfurt, next year they are going to suffer big, big time. Uh, of that f- famous uh, trio, they had Rebic, Haller, and Jovic. That Exceptional option, attacking options for a club like Frankfurt. Two of them have gone. uh, Haller, who I'll speak a bit about later, and uh, Rabich. He could be on his way. I'm not exactly sure. Haven't really been keeping up to date with the situation. But uh, uh, yeah, all in all, I think this is a great transfer. I'm trying Frankfurt. I don't think 55 million. I think they don't think the 100 million. They for the two players is worth it w- with the amount of product they're gonna lose because of it. But uh, for Real Madrid, brilliant transfer. Now coming in at number two, I have Diallo, who has gone to PSG from Borussia Dortmund. For me, this was the biggest shock transfer of the of the window. I could have s- like a few of them I've seen. I was a little bit surprised at but when Diallo at 32 million euros. To go to um, to go to PSG from Borussia Dortmund, I was absolutely shocked at this uh, transfer. Um, for me, he is one of the most uh, up-and-coming young centre-backs in the world. Uh, and uh, for Borussia Dortmund to let him go for what four million more than they bought him last year, and in my opinion, his uh, value has gone through the roof in that season. Very versatile across the back line. Um, most comfortable center back where he uh where but i believe he was pushed out to full back quite a bit and uh yeah um Borussia Dorman have just thought that um they want the experience of matt Sommels, who i also will get on to in a bit about what i feel about that transfer but really the yellow versatile young uh quite naturally and physically gifted Center back for 32 million euros off another, I'd say a similar level of team on I- the continent. For me, it's an exceptional, it's an exceptional piece of business from PSG. I think they've been quite drifty in the transfer market. Um, I have a few more players I want to talk about uh, s- some good deals that they made, but uh, for me, this is the pick of the bunch, and uh, I've strongly debated him putting him at. Uh, my number one spot, but ultimately, just on the basis of uh, what I think these well, it's a, two, it's a duo that I put in will achieve in the latest uh, in the next few years. I decided to put them in at number one. So on on f- overall, Diallo, Borussia Dortmund, bit of a bit of a nightmare situation for them. Still have Zagadu and Kanji on the books, two very good young centre backs, top rack for experience, and they're after bringing in Matt Hummels. So yeah. They I suppose th- maybe they won't m- mourn it too much, but for me I think it's a very uh I think it's a very poor decision from them. And uh yeah, Diallo, bigger uh big move to his homeland, obviously he's French. I think it's just uh, overall a great piece of business for uh, PSG. But then moving on to I alluded to them earlier and it is the Ajax duo of Frankie De Jong, and Matthias Telek coming in at the number one spot. Now, these two players have certainly not been cheap, seventy mi- 75 million and 67.8 million respectively, Frankie de Jong obviously a little bit higher, moving to Barcelona and Juventus. Now, for a long time, it seemed like the two would follow each other, but uh, they've gone their separate ways, and first of all, I think I'm going to talk about Frankie de Jong. Now, if ever, th- he is one of the most versatile young midfielders. Uh, he can play so many different positions in uh, a midfield. It'll be interesting to see what Valverde thinks his role at Barcelona is, but um, because he has that versatility. But for me, I, he just he plugs so many gaps. His dribbling is very good. Tackles interceptions. I believe it was something close to four. I think it was 3.7 tackles interceptions in the Champions League next year. So Champions League experience. Very young. Just an all-round great player for me. I only ever saw him in the Champions League, but I was very impressed when I did see him him in van der beek very good partnership uh I believe Eunice was the other man there in their midfield though uh, just sometimes when he's just tearing through the midfield dribbling wise, it's just uh, it's exceptional to watch he's um he se- he seems to fit the barcelona mold very well in my opinion and uh yeah for me he is he is uh going to be one of the best midfielders in the world for the next 10 years and uh Seventy-five million. You could say it's very a uh, big sum of money for a young player, but for me, I think in years to come that's going to look relatively small as transfers begin to transfer fees uh, continue to rise. And uh, yeah, for me, Frankie De Jong, uh, great signing overall. And so moving on to his partner in crime. Uh to be honest, I rated a little bit higher. Matthias de Ligt, he has moved to Juventus for sixty seven point eight million. And I believe this one really facilitates the Saris men to uh, win the Champions League. Obviously Champions League um semi finalists last year captain them very good against Juventus indeed. Uh with the Juventus' new tactic of the players that destroy them in the Champions League, signing them the next year, Ronaldo and now Matthias de Ligt, and I think him and Keelini could be a brilliant partnership uh next season. I think overall th- what he does in that squad, he just he's a better version and a younger version of uh, Bonucci. Still I th- I expected him to go for more of him, being honest. Uh, very good player overall. Passing wise, uh solid tackle and interceptions. Very tall for a young man, good headers, just he just the most, one of the most well rounded centre backs, I think, in world football. In that Dutch mold that we used uh, that uh, scene so long ago. And now, Juventus, when I look at their se- team, probably Chesney and Golds, him and Chiellini with like Rugani in back of a centre backs. Then you have Alexander and Giao Cancello probably the best uh, full back pairing in world football. I can see you kind of making a case for Liverpool, but in my opinion, they are the best. And then you have Pjanic. Ramsey and Rabio are probably going to be that midfield three. I think that's very exciting. It's bo- all like profile very similar to Sari's three at uh, Napoli. Well, not profile exactly the same, but could definitely fill those roles of uh, the Jorginho with Pjanic, Rabio the Hamschick, and uh, Ramsey the Alain s- more so than he had at Chelsea. So I think will be big and then. The front three of uh, probably Ronaldo, De and probably Douglas Costa, unless of course the Lukaku deal goes through. And the <laughs> some the part of me also thinks that he'll simply g- he'll just go and play Gonzalo Higuain anyways. But uh, hopefully for all uh, Juventus fans and also football fans, let's be honest, that doesn't happen. And uh, they and they do keep Paulo De and do not play Gonzalo Higuain. But I think that, gea- that team is geared towards the Champions League. And p- for me, they'd probably be favourites going into this year. And then, anyways, aside from that, just on the transfer in general. Uh, Ajax, I reckon they'll still win the Eredivisie because they have a lot of talent there. David Neres. And they still have that front three of uh, Neres, Ziek and Tadic from last year. that were so devastating in Champions League. Still have Van der Beek in the midfield. Overall, I think they'll be fine, and they will win the they will win the Eredivisie as PSV have also been weakened. So overall, I think it just suits all parties all around. To be honest, Kinsey promises also come back for Ajax, so they have uh, they have money to burn. To be fair to them, so uh, yeah, that's the number one. So now I'm going to do my honorable mentions for. other great transfers that I think of that I've really liked this year Uh so Danny Chabayas through Arsenal this is uh, being confirmed now it's gonna be on a season-long loan and if this had been a permanent transfer it would definitely have made my list and uh, hopefully for Arsenal they can get into the top four and then retain uh, Danny Chabayas afterwards I think he's a brilliant midfielder he proves that in the under 21 championship in the under 21 euro Championship with Spain, thought he was exceptional there. I uh, just quite an all-round the pat he's a great passer of the ball all around. He's he was being wasted at Real Madrid. I don't think he would have broken the side this year either. So for me, I thought he would likely go to a club like Manchester United, but Arsenal managed to get him, which is very good for them. And uh, if the I think this uh, there's a lot more variety of what they were going to do. Because uh, beforehand I thought, thaw- I assumed they'd play a 3-4-1-2 uh, three, three, next season with also uh, kind of in the camera role. But now that they look to be getting in Nicolas Pepe and they have Rodri in midfield, it's just a lot more options around the place. The still a bit shaky, but uh, yeah, I think that's, they are, they're in a much better state thanks to this transfer. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the Premier League. Obviously, uh, I'm a Chelsea fan. So, Premier League is where I mostly is the most football I watch, and I look forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, next is Rabiot, who signed for Juventus. I talked about him when I was talking about Matthias Ligt and mm-hmm. Juventus Chan- Champions League. I think uh, I would have put him on this list uh, on a free transfer if it wasn't for his attitude, which I think I don't know who Sari is a great man manager. We saw the situation at Kepa, so if that can uh, if that turns out to be a problem for Juventus, I think it could hinder them. Badly next season in their push for a Champions League. we saw him just completely down tools in the latter half of this season. So um, yeah, Rabio on talent would have made the list, but on attitude, he only managed to get into the honourable mentions. And then his other person coming in, Aaron Ramsey. I'm not sure exactly how he's one of the best played footballers in the world now. By all means, a very good player, and I think he will add to Juventus and probably be a starter ahead of the likes of Ben Tancur, Kadira and Ray Chan but (laughs) it's just still it's just still blows my mind the amount of money he's on some over £400,000 a week so yeah great player though but uh, another one that if they're ripping up their wage structure to facilitate a player like him I'm not sure if that is Juventus' wisest move Uh, that's the only reason he didn't make the list as well Um, next is Fekir now the price, under $20 million for a man of Fekir's quality. I know he failed the medical last year, but the sheer talent that man possesses. And uh, for a s- man who did fail the medical with because of his knee, he misses a surprisingly few amount of games. I think it's under 10 in the last two years. So I really like here. I think Real Batiste have done very well to get their hands on a man of his quality. I think him and La are going to be a great combination, but... The only question is around his fitness and, uh, you know, with the knee problems, with everything else. But uh, other than that, I think they've got themselves, well, not world-class, but that kind of second tier uh, for me, just below world-class in Fekir, which is, um, and I think their midfield could potentially see them break into the top four in La Liga next year. I know a lot of people said it last year, but I think this year, with his signing, they're in a better place to do it, and retaining Lassell, so, who keeps getting better, the more experience he gains, so, yeah, very promising for them next year, and next we have Rodri, now, this man has joined, uh, well, actually, now I think I've talked about it earlier, in that Mdombele section, so next we have Kostas Manolas, now, this one has kind of slipped under the radar, Uh, Manolas has moved from... Roma over to Napoli, uh, to r- probably to place Albiol there, so, for me, he's on, it was a low enough transfer fee, I believe, under 40 million, and uh, taken from a rival, certain your own, definitely an upgrade on Albiol, in my opinion, I really like him, very fast, uh, ball at his feet, wise, technically, not the strongest, but, um, yeah, for me, so he I think he's worth the sacrifice, Koulibaly kind of could be the partner to um, make up for his deficiencies. I think they'll uh, be quite a nice, I think they complement each other quite well. And I think that puts Napoli, that kind of race for second place between them and, in, and Conte's Inter, Angelotti's Napoli and Conte's Inter. I think that'll be very exciting next year. And uh, Manilas only helps to uh, further Napoli's chances, well, but uh, neither, I think, will touch Juventus and then moving back to the premier league and we have Haller who has joined uh, west ham for around four, just over 40 million pounds i think around there well surpassed the 42 million uh for Felipe Anderson so i think around 45 million i think this is a very strong transfer as i ta- ta- talked earlier about uh, frankfurt with the whole jovic situation and letting him go i think that's very poor for them from them but uh for him, I think he'll facilitate a lot of players like Lanzini, Fornals, Felipe Anderson, possibly Antonio or Jaromilenko as well. I think that he'll w- he'll Im- only help to improve them. I think Manuel Pellegrini he's got rid of a one of the worst characters you can have in your dressing room and then Marko and replaced him with a man who will only make the others around him better. And for what between a net profit a net loss of only 20 million. I think he's done very well to do that. Uh, even though the Marko Nandovich fee is not exactly what you want for a man of his talent. But uh, nonetheless, I think that's a good transfer for what Sam. Next we have Barella. Now this is another one in Serie A which has kind of slipped under the radar for a lot of people. And uh, yeah, Barella f- has... Uh, they oh you might know him, he was linked with a move to Chelsea after they lost Fabregas in the January. But he's now gone to Inter Milan. On his inter, and uh, that 3 4 3 is looking very good. Him and Brozovic as a uh, midfield pairing, I can see that do going very well. And yeah, it's just another good signing from Inter. Like, um, they've got rid of the um, like kind, of this kind of a few players that weren't going to really add much t- for me. Uh, they've got rid of them in uh, Nyan and obviously, Cardi's attitude. So I think he's. Uh, Conte even in this uh, window has got his stamp on the team obviously bringing in Godin as well and I think they are well placed to finish in second and I think that race for second place between them and Napoli is going to be uh, quite interesting next year so uh, that's all I have to say about him and I talked about uh, PSG being thrifty earlier on and uh, this is why Sarabia has come in from Sevilla the man had world class output at Sevilla last year only 18 million euros I believe it was uh, just literally in this market 18 million euros for a man of his quality in that attacking midfield role i was surprised when they brought him in that they didn't let a player like uh, Neymar go considering the deal that was on the cards between Coutinho um, between him and Coutinho and De, uh, uh, 90 million Coutinho and Debele and with Sarabia there that would have been a very reasonable offer but anyways either way, Sarabia for the price, very good signing. Uh they'll be linking up what it is. Spanish compatriot Andrew Herrera and I think their midfield is looking quite good uh ahead of this next campaign. And uh last but not least, Yuri Tielemans. He was there in the latter half of the season for Leicester. They've made that tr- transfer permanent for around forty million. Just just a f- it's just a coup for a club like Leicester. And now puts their midfield probably in contention for top three in the league. But uh, that's just me. Yeah. So anyways, that's enough of the positivity. I'm going to move on to the top five worst transfers we've seen this season. So moving on to the top five worst transfers of the season. And uh, yeah, for the most part, I've thought the business conducted has been quite uh, good from most clubs this uh, summer. But... A few transfers definitely spring to mind and uh I kind of alluded to him earlier when I was talking about Diallo, but uh Matt Tumels Genie <sighs> Mac, I don't know what I can say about this transfer. He's coming in number five. Uh thirty years old and I believe he is now, maybe in his thirties, very slow, very experienced to be fair to him. But th- he has come in at the sacrifice of the yellow, probably at the sacrifice of minutes for as I do I can ima- I imagine him and Akanji the Swi- the Swiss um, center-back I imagine they'll be their first choice duo so uh, yeah for me pff, this is uh, f- this is a very uh, strange move to be honest because last year I d- I thought many things uh, about that squad uh, last year British Dortmund and they had a very interesting season but i didn't think they need experience between Marco Royce, Berkey, around uh peace check around the place there's plenty of ex- experience in that squad but um apparently they've uh, decided to bring in Matt Hummels a lot of money for a sc- side like Borussia Dortmund to be shipping for uh for just just for the sole purpose of experience so at 36 million around that uh just it's just a puzzler for me Every season, there's uh, at least one transfer that just absolutely baffles me as to why it's gone through. It was probably N'Golo on last year for, at, uh, for going from Inter Milan, for going from Rome to Inter Milan. But this year, it's definitely Mats poor decision. Bayern Munich, I think they've got the better end of the deal now. They have a lot younger prospects between uh, Hernandez, Pavard, and uh, Sula. So uh, now. And they've got on the better end of the deal, so I think, uh, if anything, it's allowed their rivals to strengthen and, uh, weaken their own chances, as it has let Diallo, who I put on my best transfers, uh, list. So I think overall, very poor move for British Dortmund. Although, Matt's almost, he is, you'd still say, top, f- top. No, well, I don't know where you'd put him on the best centre-backs in the world. But definitely wouldn't be outside the top 20. So maybe he'll prove me wrong. But f- for that amount of money, to r- for just for experience, to let a player like Diallo go, uh, who's so much younger than him, it's just for me a poor move for them. But then moving on to my number four spot. And this is, well, to be honest, I still haven't decided. It's take your pick from any of Villa's signings. They've made 11 of them, and I haven't liked a single one. Uh Tyrone Mings and Wesley are the two I'm debating between. And overall, I think it's probably going to be Wesley. Now, the Brazilian has been brought in from Club Bruges. He's 22 years old, uh, the striker, and he's been tasked with uh, replacing Tammy Abraham's 26 goals and three assists from the championship last campaign, which pretty much propelled them into the... um into the playoffs and got them promoted. And uh then they leave it to the man who four years ago was playing the Slovakian league. No top flight experience. Well no t- well, not top flight. No top uh, league experience. Very risky for me. Parting ways of twenty million pounds. Uh just all of a sudden I just while Tammy Abraham, I believe if he is the top man in Chelsea he'll probably get around fifteen goals. This year, I reckon Wesley. Ugh, I can't see. I can't see him getting ten, or even near ten. To be honest, uh, yeah, I think it's just Villa. Their signings have been all over the place. Like they saw what Fulham, what happened to Fulham last year. But I actually liked Fulham's signings last year, like Inghisa, um, uh Ingisa Sari, Mitrovic. Like these were good quality players, and they could, and they weren't, didn't stay up. These are, it's just some of them, it's just absolute garbage signings, uh, Wesley takes it for me, Matt Target, not much better, uh, the reason i put him over Tyrone Mings is, because Tyrone Mings was playing for them at left back last year, so, while Wesley's going to be such a downgrade, uh, Tyrone Mings is himself, so, he can't be much of a downgrade, uh, unless he has absolutely horrendous season, which has been pretty much every season he's had in the Premier League, do not rate him at all, to be honest, so, um, They've just spent a lot of money on a lot of. They're just throwing. They're just throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, Villa's transfer policies all over the place for me this year, and uh, Wesley just gets that fourth spot. Um, Then moving on to number three, another uh, well formerly Premier League player, and that is uh, Kieran Trippier. Now he has moved to Atlético Madrid for around 20 million pounds, and. uh, this is a puzzler for me. He's uh, the one Fran replacement of uh, what they've been looking for for so long. And I think Atletico Madrid run for a big decline. Uh, he's uh, The reason he's got into this list is I think it's a bad move for all parties. Um, the fee for Tottenham, not uh, not much. Now their right flank is going to be significantly weaker. as I don't think they're going to be able to get in Max Ahrens who is kind of touted as a replacement, he has signed a new contract at Norwich, and Wan-Bissaka has gone to United, so I don't know who they're going to get in, and wa- Kyle Walker-Peters and Serge Aurier. I'm not exactly sure where the stability comes from there for Pochettino. Maybe he's going to try and mold Kyle Walker-Peters into Kyle Walker, but I'd be lying if I said I was holding out much hope for that. Uh, for Kieran Trippier, he's going to a new league, unfamiliar with, quite old at this stage. And uh, I think if it doesn't go his way, the media will crucify him. Doesn't know the language, similar to Gareth Bale. Could be some problems in there. And, uh, yeah, for Atletico Madrid, uh, finally the one-fran replacement, and it's Kieran Trippier. Defensive, they do. They always play a 4-4-2. And for me, at his w- Kieran Trippier is at his weakest in the back four. He's just coming off the worst season he's, he's had in a very long time. I think he was performing better when he was in uh, Kyle Kyle Walker's uh, shadow. So, just all in all, it doesn't make sense on any levels for me. Very puzzling transfer. And, uh, yeah, so that's it. That's all I really have to say about that. So, moving on to number two, and it's from my own club, Chelsea, and it's Mateo Kovacic. Uh, It's just another panic buy. It's... Like, it couldn't happen on deadline day this year. So it happened on our deadline day. Because w- he was the only player we could sign. And we got him for 40 million, 40 million, 40.52 million, something like that. Many pounds last year. I was so disappointed with him. Like, when he burst on the scene against Arsenal, what, six tackles, interception, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Really helped us through that game. Got us that win to go... Uh, two wins when we eventually went five wins on the trot at the start of the season. So, uh, yeah, he he was just so promising and it just fell off a cliff. No goals in the entire year. Two assists uh, in the league. That Walker... Uh, not that Walker, sorry. That uh, Kovacic-Barkley uh, substitution. So uninspiring from Sarri. And that really epitomized his uh, reign as Chelsea, mo- as Chelsea manager. Just so... Just so uninspiring for me, Kovacic. And th- the thing is, I do think he will start. I think our midfield three next year starting will be Kante Kovacic and Mason Mount. And like, just Ruben off his cheek, Timmy uh, Bakayoko, or even Ross Barkley. Like, there's just better options on the bench. Youth uh, come to our academy and just to give the minutes to Manteo Kovacic. To get and to part way with so much money from another panic buy for Chelsea, Danny Drinkwater, uh, David Zappacosta over again, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just annoying. From it, it's just, I'm s- so sick of it, but uh, so concludes my little Chelsea rant. Uh, last year in the league, get some numbers, I suppose 1.3 shots again, shots per 90, 1.1 of them outside the box, so not very good. Uh, Decent enough pass accuracy, I believe it was around 92%. Dribble-wise, tackles and interceptions, not great. Definitely under three uh, per 90. It was all the stats to per 90 because he was ov- often uh, being subbed on for uh, Ross Barkley or subbed off for him. Uh, so, yeah, under three tackles and interceptions. Dribbles-wise... Um, it was wise, I think it was okay, maybe won a game or something, not a lot for, because mm, that is, when you think of Kovacic, in my opinion, think of uh, that like forward-progressing uh, type of play, but uh, not a lot of dribbles, so um, yeah, and the thing is, his numbers should be better, as uh, if you're coming on a lot in the end of games, uh, uh, your numbers should be better if you're playing against tired defences and uh, tired midfields. But uh, they're not. <laughs> that's the long and the short of it. So Kovacic uh, gets on this list pretty comfortably. But by far the worst signing this season for me has to be Jao Felix. Now this man has arrived in from uh, Benfica to Atletico Madrid with the pr- with the job of replacing Antoine Griezmann. He's come in for around 113 million pounds and. Uh, replacing Griezmann who was sold for hundred and eight million pounds and uh I just can't see him doing it. That's the long and the short of it. Uh I believe at Christmas last y- this year like last Christmas I believe he hadn't even started he hadn't even finished a full game for Benfica. Now he's a hundred and thirteen million pound player. Uh decent enough numbers in the in the Portuguese league, but you have to remember this is the competition where um Mitroglu and Jonas have been some of the best strikers in the league over the last few years scoring 20 goals plus I don't think he got 20 goals I think it was around 15 similar output to uh, Griezmann's 15 goals and 9 assists but in a much less competitive league and uh, I think the best uh, kind of indication you could see as to how he will perform is through, um, is through the Nations League which you probably saw Portugal won, and I don't think he was particularly strong in that. Uh, so, the 63 million uh, euros, his uh, 63 million pounds, sorry, uh, his transfer value is is like at that price, I think Atlético Madrid potentially would have got a good deal, but uh, for the price they paid, it's just completely not a rip off for me. I just have this dreaded vision of uh, him and Morata by Christmas having four goals between them. Atletico Madrid sitting in fifth place because I do think they're in for a massive decline without their captain with uh, so many players departing and uh, like Rodri and Griezmann so yeah Joe Felix all in all the problem is I think the wise thing for them to do is get Ben Yedder 40 million euro buyout clause um, uh, 40 million pound or euro I'm not sure which buyout clause same age as Griezmann similar output used to the league, it would have made a lot of sense I don't know, taking a punt on a man who's had one year of senior professional football and uh yeah, by all means Joe Felix k- by all means, I do think he will be able to lead the line at a club like at a club like uh Lettingham Madrid in years to come but right now, this transfer fee is too much and it is too early for me so yep, that's a uh, that concludes the list, but uh, I'll move on to a few honorable mentions. Griezmann, for me, is uh, the first one to spring to mind. Hundred and ma- million, hundred uh, million, just for me, I think, uh, the sh- they're just overstocked on attacking options. They're play Suarez with a man who's, what, four years younger than him? And uh, at the at current, they have around similar output, so um, I'm not sure where the thinking behind that was. And uh, I do not believe that the Neymar move will now not go through, who's a much better player because of uh, Antoine Griezmann at being at the club and um parting ways with 108 million for him. So, uh, yeah, Block's a better move and not great to begin with. So, that's where it comes into Joe Linton at Newcastle. Now, I do rate Joe Linton. Seven goals, five assists last year for Hoffenheim. But being under Julian Nagelsmann, your numbers are always going to be a lot better. Adding it into the fact that he's a young player coming to a more much more competitive league. And he's, with their record signing, 40 million tasks with uh, keeping them in the league. So um, I think all that pressure will get to him. And I can't see him getting too th- that being too good a signing. So, uh, <coughs> yeah, that's uh, I don't think Steve Bruce is the man to get the best out of him. So maybe a little bit harsh, but uh, at 40 million, I don't think he is going to represent good value for money for them, and that's that's just the truth. Uh, nothing against him as a player. Uh, next is Marcus Lorente, who has gone to Atletico Madrid from Real Madrid. Another Atletico Madrid player makes it into the worst transfers. I just. Replacing Rodri with Marcus Lorente—it's just such a fall from grace, in my opinion. <laughs> I, d- d- I don't know how, what else to say about it. It's just—they're just not the k- same caliber player, and Simeone really has his work cut out for him next year. And the last one I'm going with is Saliba, uh, Arsenal's new centre-back. Centre-back—they've been crying out for for ages—is a prospect who they're not going to get for another year. Uh, so. I think Gunners fans will have right to be pretty pissed off about uh, that signing, and uh, yeah, so he makes it into s- the last honourable mention. And uh, knowing my luck, all these, all the plia- players in the worst signings will have fantastic seasons next year, and the best will all be flopped. So um, don't read into this list too much, but this is j- that is just my honest opinion on the the biggest summer transfers this year. So. Um, Thank you very much for listening, and uh, goodbye.